Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. My name is Tiana, and welcome back to another episode of From the Field to the Track. As usual, I am joined by my lovely co-host and best friend, Katie. Katie, how are you today? I am peachy, and how are you, T? I am slaying as per usual. Obviously, a bit confused as per late, because we will get into it. But big news it's been a, just it's been a it's been a hectic morning, a hectic night and morning to to say the least. Before we get into yeah. what we're actually talking about this episode, we're going to talk about the news, the news that everyone is talking about. Lewis Hamilton has officially signed with Scuderia Ferrari for the foreseeable future from the twenty twenty five season. Katie, it's I want to get your wild. initial thoughts on that. On what oh, did sorry, you think I- when he woke? When you woke up this morning and you saw that Lewis Hamilton... Because obviously Katie went to sleep actually before the... The last thing I sent Katie about this rumour was just it like being a rumour. And it was just like he was, Fred Vassal was talking to him. Katie slept through the entire everything and woke up this morning and saw that Lewis Hamilton was signed with uh, with Ferrari. So Katie, what are your initial yeah. thoughts? As Tiana said, I went to bed... She'd put like... I don't know if you guys know this. You guys are obviously big fans of Tiana. But she put up like one of the rumored things and then put like a question box and I'm pretty sure I replied to it with like she's like well what are your thoughts about like Lewis going to Ferrari and I replied like your mum or something like I, don't, I was like just Tiana stop feeding into the rumors and then she's she sent it to me again just before I went to bed so this is like nine o'clock last night so seven o'clock her time and I was like yeah whatever it just doesn't matter Tiana and then I wake up this morning and there's like a few official counts had posted this like we're talking like Sky Sports and stuff like that and it's like oh okay but um if one hadn't seen anything Ferrari hadn't seen anything Lewis hadn't seen anything or Mercedes hadn't seen anything so I was like we can't say anything to and then they dropped it like just as I was having breakfast and I like <gasps> my dad's like what and I was like oh shit but yeah it's been so interesting seeing everybody's reactions to it what was your reaction to it my initial reaction was lewis doesn't like but like in my mind i can't see lewis being in ferrari and then i just the more i started thinking about it the more i was like okay like logically him leaving mercedes makes sense because in my mind this is something i'm very like like passionate about if you will is the fact that mercedes dropped paul aaron for kimmy antonelli and that is something that is widely known obviously a lot of people who just watch formula one probably don't know about Kimi Antonelli, probably don't know much about him, and that's totally fine. Mm. But the more I started to think about it, I was like, they, like, at max, Kimi's spending two years in Formula 2. You're not going to spend more than two years in Formula 2. And I think especially Merck wanting to put him straight into Formula 2 instead of having a season in Formula 3, I think that's a big factor in this. And I think ultimately, when it came down to negotiations with Lewis's contract, they would have either given him at tops two years or a one-year contract extension on his current contract, meaning he would finish, he would probably finish with the team at the end of the 2025 season, meaning he'd probably retire. But obviously he was not happy with that because obviously he wants to fulfill his eighth world championship and he thinks that with Ferrari he can. Does everyone else think that? I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. But I think logically in the sense that the way that the steps that Merck are taking with Kimi Antonelli, it does make sense, like as a whole. But it's still shocking because I, I really thought we were going to see Lewis Hamilton retire in Mercedes. Like, I, like in my mind, he was just going to retire in Mercedes and him and Toto Wolff were going to, like, ride off into the sunset. But that's not the case. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see the teammate dynamic between both Charles and Lewis next year. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just... I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that because neither... Like, look, as much as you want to say there's no second drivers in Formula 1, 
neither of them have had to experience being a second driver in the past few seasons. And that's the thing. Ferrari has been so adamant. We don't have a second driver. We don't have a second driver. Mercedes has never really, like, danced around the fact that Lewis is obviously their number one driver. Yeah. But it's going to be very interesting that they all of a sudden have to constantly, like, what you would consider if you had either of those drivers any other team, the number one driver. Now I've got two of them. But I am loving the rumours that there might be a Ferrari v Red Bull Max v Lewis 2025 constructors, not constructors drivers. That's crazy. That's, like, oh my god. Like, Like if Charles hasn't done it or, like, even come close, well, he has come close to it, but, like, still quite far off. Yeah. Lewis is going to have his work cut out. And that's what I was saying. Like, Like, there was a contract clause, apparently, and obviously we don't know what Lewis's contract was saying, but apparently there was a contract clause that said that if he didn't have a good enough car for the 2024, 2023 season, he could activate that clause and leave the team or whatever. I don't know if that's the actual case. I'm not 100% sure. But at the end of the day, I just think, based on Ferrari's past, like, oh, there's no doubting that 20, like two years ago, Ferrari were in- insanely strong. They had a lot of pace and genuinely seemed like a very good car. However their strategy, their team, that all let them down in a sense. And even the driver is making some mistakes and that that's just on the team itself. But last season was not the vibes for Ferrari fans. And I'm interesting to see, obviously, I've seen a lot of rumours now, obviously, with Lewis Hamilton coming back to Ferrari, not coming back, going to Ferrari. Um, he's going to obviously attract a lot of attention, attract a lot of mechanics, engineers, like strategist you name it anyone's gonna want to follow lewis hamilton bono's going with him i don't know oh my gosh is he actually i i don't know idea that's not confirmed but i hope that bono (laughs) was going with him katie's spreading false rumors man people are gonna be thinking if i clip this up put it on tiktok people gonna be thinking oh my god bono's going with him no bono's not but i also want to ask you katie do you think that Kimi antonelli is going to get that seat if he if he gets it if he qualifies for a super license obviously for a super license he does have to just finish p5 or higher in the constructors championship in formula um, in the drivers championship in formula 2 which is a hard feat for any rookie but at the end of the day we're also not talking about a regular rookie we're talking about Kimi and Snelli. so and it's sort of impossible because we've seen it be done before with um oscar piastri so if yeah i want your thoughts on who you think is going to take the second seat at merck okay so to kind of speak on the Kimi and Snelli thing he is going to as you said have have to have one hell of a season but you is there any driver that's had extreme success in formula one that hasn't had a bit of a strange coming up story you know we're talking about like max verstappen who entered formula one when he was like 18 we're talking about 17 right we're talking about lewis hamilton who almost won the um championship in his rookie year like they don't have these kind of traditional paths to f1 they always find their way there and crazy you know oscar piastri won both um f1 f sorry f2 and f3 on his rookie season like they don't yes it's 100 percent a possibility that he's there next year but there's also so many other amazing candidates like fred vesti teo portia's name's been chucked in there mm-hmm. um obviously mick schumacher um, Alex Albon, which I think yeah. would not be that far of a reach to say reach. that he might move there. I, I really yeah. like him there. I've always mm-hmm. said that Lando Norris is going to end up at Mercedes one day. I don't think 2025 will be the year for that. I don't think that. I don't think it's happening anytime soon with his new contract extension. I know, as well. but you know, 
I was saying, because I was saying to my friend, um, Charles, Charles is Ferrari. Lando was mm-hmm. McLaren. It always felt like Lewis was Mercedes. Mm-hmm. That those two were so heavily intertwined. And, yeah. I mean, anything can happen. That is the, such the beauty of F1. And I think that what's really interesting is that we knew that 2025 Celeste season was – sorry, the 2024 Celeste season was going to be crazy. We knew that this year there was going to be a lot of movement. But I wasn't expecting a lot of movement in that kind of upper half of the grid. I was expecting a lot of movement in your house, in your – racing bulls in your Williams that kind of stuff I was expecting a lot of I was expecting a lot of movement there I wasn't expecting it in your kind of Ferraris um Mm -hmm. in your Mercedes and yeah this makes it so much more exciting and I was saying this when I was on live um how lucky are we to say that that we're going to be able to sit through this and we have a front row seat to it seat to it um it's pretty exciting yeah yeah I think in my mind, like I said, I think Kimi Antonelli is this is my this is my tough situation. I think whoever gets signed to Merck is getting signed on a one year deal. Cause I I genuinely think Mercedes have set their sights on Kimi Antonelli. They have set so many like you don't drop a driver from your driver academy in favor of another driver just for them not to be in your future plan. And whether that be in five years or three years, like Kimi Antonelli is not doing more than two seasons of Formula Two. That is a definite that is a certain I don't think Mercedes can afford that, and I don't think it's good enough for Kimi Antonelli to do more than more than two seasons in Formula Two. And as we've seen in the past, he is very capable, and he's very capable in that Prima as well. He's been with Prima probably majority of his junior career, so it makes sense. But I, once again, I do think whoever, if if Kimi is not signed for the twenty twenty five season, whoever is signed, whether that be Mick, whether that be Alex. They are only going to be signed for one year. And I don't mm. think someone like Alex Albon or someone like Theo Porcher or Frederick Vesti want to be signed for for one year. Maybe Rookies maybe, are usually signed for one year, though. Yeah, that, that is fair. That is a fair assessment. But I feel like also with them, they also know that they are not going to go up again. Like, it's just a, it's a test a year, but majority of years they re-sign that contract. But, like... Mm. I feel like in the case of this, it's so like like I said, Kimi Antonelli is such a drive. No one understands, but Kimi Antonelli is such a driving force behind this, and especially all of the upcoming F two F three drive, especially the F two grid for next year. Like we are looking at, like, Ollie Behrman for example. He is the reserve driver times two. He's a reserve driver not only for Ferrari, but he's a reserve driver for Haas as well. Go, I was go. having a little think this morning. Okay, so you know how Gunter always said, I'm never signing another rookie after what happened with Nikita and Mick. Gunter's not the team principal anymore. It's looking very, very good very for Ollie Very good for Ollie. Yeah, and if I was I'm... Ollie right now, I'd be chuffed. Exactly, because both Haas boys come off contract and I genuinely, like, I don't know. It really, like, once again, it really depends on how Haas' season goes this year because if Haas have a shocker of a season and finished once again in 10th, like, I don't think, genuinely, I don't know what's going to happen with that team, but something radical is going to happen. And I'm, like, yeah, like you said, if I was Oli Behrman, I would be excited. I would be hyped and all the rest. But, yeah, so that's kind of, like, the Lewis Hamilton, the entire situation on that. And I'm glad that we got to speak about that because it's something that has been, like, on my chest. But we will be doing a full episode on, like, debriefing the silly, silly season rumours and everything when it comes closer to silly season. But, and we're going to talk about I think. That. There's so much, like, noise at the moment. You know, who's going to mm-hmm. replace? I freaking Toto Wolf should just sit in front of a camera. TikTok. He doesn't <laughs> lip sync or anything. And it's just the song. I got, I got, I got, I got options. <laughs> yeah. Because he does. 
Like, he does. There are so many people. I he I does. never heard of a seat having so many options before. Yeah. Whether like, that be already in already in F1, people who are in their reserve driver positions, people who are in the driver academy, people who might We could talk about people in IndyCar, people in like a Formula E, all There's of these so people. so many options for that. that he, if it you will really get filled, guys. Don't worry. Like, and even Carlos signs as well, like... Carlos Sides is going to Audi in 2026. That's all been, it's all but confirmed. It is like Andreas Seidel loves Carlos Sides. That's why he brought him to McLaren. And that's probably why he's going to bring him to Audi. And, but 2025 will be a great year for, unless, like, yeah, 2025 will be a great year for Carlos Sides because he does also have a lot of options. And once again, it will probably be a one year contract only because he's going to sign. And I don't think he will sign with Sauber because then that means either. One of the one of the Sauber boys are out, so that's that. But anyways, we will be doing a whole episode very soon. Actually, probably when silly season is approaching, talking about everyone's contracts and the rumors and everything like that. So now on to the actual star of the show, what we're meant to be talking about today. We're gonna be Katie, what are we talking about today? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I heard that very, very soon. I'm talking twenty seven days from today. There might be some cars on the track. There might be some lights going out. And the 2024 season will well and truly be upon us. So we thought we'd sit down. We'll give you some predictions. We'll have a little chit-chat about the climate and F1 right now and what it's going to look like. Um, It's all very exciting, as we've already said. Tiana, what's the first thing we're going to talk about? Okay, so we are so excited. We, like... I'm so excited for F1 to be back. Like, I made a TikTok saying, like, F1 fans getting their personality back this month because we literally are. We're getting Drive to Survive for Season 6. We're getting testing. We're getting the start of the Bahrain Grand Prix. We're getting car livery launches. And even if at the rate we're going, we might even get a few more sneaky little driver announcements. You know what I mean? Like, everything is happening. F1 F1 is through, truly in its peak at the moment. So Ooh, yeah. It is. So, Katie... I have tasked you with the. Actually, I didn't task you. I she did it herself. I can't. I can't lie about this. <laughs> um, but Katie is going to sum up the expectations for each team with one word, and we're going to talk about it. So we're going to go in order of last year's constructors' championship. So start I wrote off it down in that order. So we're going to start we just... off with we're in sync. We're going to start off with the with the one, the only, the Red Bull Racing. <clears throat> Strong. Yeah, I think. Like you, like yeah, strong. They have to come up. They they've had consistent, such, beautiful. Yeah, they've they've had such strong past two seasons. It would be remiss of anyone to really go past them as their predictions. Even though I know that the grid is going to be way closer this year, and we can probably all tell that the grid is going to be closer. Red Bull are going to be have a strong year. Mm-hmm. 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 And I, I I agree with that. There, I I don't think it will be as strong, but I'm saying it's going to be strong. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Mercedes. I have written down consistent. Okay. Okay. I Because I'm thinking I'm thinking consistent top tens, but not that many podiums. I'm okay. thinking yeah, they're doing okay. Nothing to like be really, really sad about, but nothing amazing. Yeah. I'll show you later. But anyways, back to the point. Um but yeah, I think like you said, Mercedes are gonna have a very consistent year in my opinion. I think twenty twenty Three was a season of ups and downs. They were never really 100% consistent. You know, you could hear the frustration in George and in Lewis and in Toto himself as well. 
it was it was a frustrating season to say the least and i think they're going to be building on that and it's very rare that you see merc having two bad seasons in a row so mm-hmm. i think consistent is the right word to go for in there ferrari I say this, they are my favourite team. But the word that I have chosen for Ferrari is disjointed. That's a fair thing. I feel like, yeah, Ferrari, they need to get their act together. Like, you're getting a seven-time world champion coming to you next year. You need to get your act together. You can't be acting like this, especially when they, when a driver like Lewis Hamilton has placed his trust into you. And I also think, like you said, disjointed, but I also think they're going to try. Not saying that teams don't try their very hardest, but I feel like they're going to try that little bit extra knowing that Carlos Sainz is leaving them at the end of the season and it's going to be the last year. That actually breaks my heart to say it, but yeah, I, I, know. Know, I, I know that they're going to try their hardest, but I think disjointed is probably the right word for Ferrari. I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of like inner changes within, within them that are getting ready. It's easy. Lewis will bring a whole horde of people with him. Yeah. Carlos will probably leave with a whole horde of people as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. As well as, you know, I know that there'll be different sponsors and things, like, you know, sponsorship changeovers and stuff. I just feel like this year, with the news of such a big change coming out so early, that there's just going to be a lot of quite up a, and down. Kind of disjointed. But I do think that there will be ups. There will be yeah, more be podiums picks. and more polls and stuff than they got last year. Yeah. And I think ultimately they want to send off Carlos with a bang. And that's what they're going to do. Mm. No team. No, and I think the same with Mercedes as well. They want to send Lewis off with... I think Toto still firmly believes that they could give Lewis his eighth. And I think for Lewis to leave... I don't know. I don't think it's realistic. But if Lewis was to leave Mercedes being an eighth-time world champion, winning majority of his titles with Mercedes, I think that would put the cherry on top for Mercedes and probably make them one of the... Although they already are, as you, you can argue, probably one of the best teams that we saw in the 2010s, the 21st century, really coming close to Red Bull, but yeah. So, was McLaren next? I have written teamwork. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I See, as you can see, big Lando Norris, big McLaren girly here. Um, I have similar bracelet on, but it's his Charles. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think that at the end of the day, Oscar and Lando, are j- like, Zach Brown has said this, and I genuinely can't not agree with him, besides, obviously, your pairings of, like, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. I think genuinely McLaren has one of the strongest grid pairings on the grid. Like, if you look at Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, they are both very, very strong drivers. And although Lando makes mistakes, he's very hypercritical of himself. And I think with everything that happened at the end of the last season, I think that they're trying to learn now that, hmm, like, yes, we know that Lando is hypercritical of himself, but we can also give him strategies and stuff to make sure that he secures that first win. I've I am predicting that first win is coming this year and I'm predicting that first win is coming for both of them. And depending on the car and depending on whatever happens, I think that Oscar gets that first win before Lando and I think that kind of drives Lando. I, it, it's sad for me to say because I'm a huge Lando It drives Lando, does it? That's pretty funny. But it drives Lando Norris to probably want to beat him more because obviously there's nothing worse than... Like, it's like your little sister, your little brother beating you at something. There is nothing worse than that feeling. There is nothing worse than being beaten by someone younger than you. So I feel like that's probably going to drive him. And I think McLaren are going to have a pretty strong season. I see them up there. My prediction was we're going to see a Ferrari versus McLaren battle this year um, for a higher place in the constructors like we saw in 2021. I think that's I think I think so look also I haven't I'm just making this up as I go along because obviously no testing has happened yet so when testing happens 
You best believe. And if McLaren are doing bad in testing, they're just sandbagging. They're just sandbagging. Okay, okay good. Um, yeah, I just think, as you see, they've got a really strong duo. And I think McLaren is not afraid to use it. They're not afraid to... The boys are willing to work together to do well. Yeah. Teams, and I think... Like, you know, whatever... Yeah. I mean, their the slogan now is whatever it takes. Yeah. And I think something that's... Something that's, like, in my mind is, like, Oscar Piastri and Lena Norris, they both, although Lena Norris is very headstrong and he's very, like, stubborn, if he gets team orders, he's going to follow the team orders. But he's also not going to be, like, he's also not going to be, like, oh, Oscar, like, and Oscar will follow team orders as well. We've seen it several times happen where Oscar just lets him go. He just says, yeah, okay, and just does it. Like, they, they get on with a job. They know what they need to do. They know that this biggest task's at hand. And it'll be interesting to see their dynamic when they're fighting for wins with when they're fighting for actual standings in the drivers championship and can like all of that but i think at the end of the day they are one of the strongest pairing on the grid and i am excited to see where this journey takes them next and everything so yeah is it aston now aston yeah yeah sure is you're doing well having not had the constructors up that's pretty good um unfortunately for aston i've written slow Okay, that's a fair enough assessment. I don't know, like, maybe they can build in the 2020, but 2023 season, but at the end of the day, like, whatever happened during the midfield of 2023 was horrific. Like, I gen- like I cannot explain to you how a team went from challenging Max Verstappen to poles to wins to, to sprint race victories to not even scoring points. Like, they astronomically fell and then came back, and I just, like whatever they did in the factory whatever they did to the car it was not it was not working and I don't know how it happened and I really someone needs to study that in depth because it was crazy how how Aston fell and then like they they started off so strong everyone thought that they were going to be they were going to be the next like oh my gosh yeah they were going to be the Mercedes they were going to be the Ferraris but then they just fell off a little bit. And then McLaren's resurgence obviously did not help them in any way, shape or form because it happened to be as soon as they fell off, McLaren peaked. So it was just like... They kind of went like... They went like... Opposite. And, and McLaren went... Yeah, so I think... Good. I think they might start off the season a bit slow, but I feel like they might get into a groove. Maybe not... Mm. We're probably not going to see, like, Fernando Alonso be challenging for wins, I don't think. Maybe podiums. Mm. But, yeah, that's my predictions. Sorry, Aston fans, if you're listening. Who's next? Is it Alf... No, it's Alpine. Alpine. Yeah. Um, I've written podiums. Okay. Okay. I- I'm banking on some, like... Not, like, freak, but, like, some really good weekends for them where mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. everything clicked yeah and they're putting one of the boys on the podium and yeah and that's cool. fair i think yeah i think you make a fair point there as well i think as, uh, alpine struggled a lot this year but i also think it had to do with the fact that what's his name departed i can't even remember his name he's that irrelevant in my mind but um the, the team boss left and now they're getting new they're getting new team bosses and they're getting new principles in place It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, everyone this time last year, this time last year actually, was talking about how um, Alpine, how the driver dynamic was going to work with Pierre and Esteban because obviously they do not like each other, or at least it was well known in the media that they weren't the best of friends. But I think we've seen, although they've had their moments, I feel like every single driver pairing has had their moments, and I think, look, I think they'll be stronger this year, and I think that driver pairing will be strong, but I don't think it is the strongest thing but at the end of the day 
they're doing what they love, so you can't really complain. Okay, so next in the line is Williams, and I have written comeback. Comeback Kings. Oh my gosh, I'm waiting for Logan Sargent's comeback. His resurgence, I think it's happening this year. I think there's not too many drivers. I think Logan Sargent is the talented driver. Like, I'm just going to say that. He is a talented driver. If you want to argue with that, argue with the wall. I'm sorry. You Something that is very personal to me, if you're going to pray my seat, if you're going to see it in Prema, in my mind, you are already a good driver because Prema don't hire just... Prema just don't hide. There's a reason Nikita Mazepin wasn't in Prema. You know what I mean? There is a reason that these drivers... No, if one team doesn't hire bad drivers. Though. Exactly. Like, And that's the thing. Like, like People who want to say that these drivers are paid drives and stuff like that, at the end of the day, at some point in, they, in everyone's career, they had to buy an F2 seat. They had to buy an F3 seat. Everyone was a paid driver at some point. So, and if you, like at the end of the day, Logan Sargent, Lance Stroll, they all have talent they really and it it sucks to see people hating on them and people saying that they don't have talent because i guarantee you if i put you in that car would you be able to do what logan Sargent does no you wouldn't so you can't be talking you know what i mean and i think logan Sargent having that year under his belt and knowing what's happening and knowing the go obviously you can compare it to oscar piastri but you also can't oscar piastri is in a league of his own when it comes to that oscar logan Sargent didn't win the title in his rookie year twice Logan Sargent barely got a super license to make it to Formula One. Although he still got it, he is in a different level of talent to Oscar Piastri. He still has talent, but it's different to Oscar Piastri's in that sense. And I think something that always annoys me is when drive when people hate on drivers and people say, like, you don't deserve your seat. Like, Logan Sargent gave up his entire livelihood. He gave up his entire childhood. He gave up every single normal thing that you and me have. To, at a shot at his goal and he is finally living his goal and there's not a single person there there are people here out here hating on him i don't know i just think i'm looking forward to logan Sargent's comeback and i think alex albon alex albon obviously he is the goat he is my king my legend my icon red bull did red bull fumbled red bull fumbled so hard letting alex albon go and that's just my thoughts on that because if you've seen how he has turned around that williams team Taking them from last in the constructors to seventh, that is insane. That is a three place like, and you don't like that doesn't happen. Like people don't just jump three places randomly, especially when you're a team like Williams. But that's my thoughts. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant about Logan Sargent. That I'm just like tired mm. of seeing. I'm tired of seeing hate towards drivers because at the end of the day, something that 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 annoys me so much is these drivers had to give up so much of their life, so much of their time. And they're living their dreams. And you can't be happy for them. Like, just be happy. Like, it's not that hard. Like, if you're, if that was your kid, you would be happy for them no matter what. So why is it any different if it's someone else's kid? But anyways, that's just my thoughts. Okay, good. Okay, uh, for the uh, Racing Bulls, I have put down Liam. Confusing? Um, can you put down Confusing down or Visa Kasha? Pay Visa ID Kesha, racing do you reckon, bulls. Do you reckon they pay they pay ID their drivers? Probably. No, I I think imagine. Um, I think that Liam Lawson's going to be back in that seat at some stage for some reason. I th I don't know. I'm not banking on someone getting injured. I'm just saying that I think there's going to be some movement in, let's say, their other team. Yeah. Red Bull. See, this is my thoughts. Like, 
I'm like 98% sure I read an article saying that Liam Lawson has confirmed a 2025 seat. Like he, like obviously it's not been confirmed, but like he do, when in his YouTube videos, it always calls himself an F1 driver. I'm like, because he because he because he technically is like he is an yeah, F1 driver. Yeah. Yeah, it's so technically funny he does it though. I'm like, Ooh. technically, a lot of people are F1 drivers. Like, you know what I mean? But mm. I think, yeah, Liam Lawson is probably a right prediction to make. I, I, it's gonna be interesting for me. Obviously, I'm not one to tell Checo that he needs to retire. I'm not one of those people. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, if Checo does decide to hang up the boots, hang up the gloves, call it a day. I, I think hang up the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think. Daniel Ricciardo is going to Red Bull because I think it's, they're not going to hire a they're not going to hire someone who's going to be like a like your like a junior driver. They're not going to sign like an Isaac Hadjar or something or a Liam Lawson straight to Red Bull. I think they've learnt from their mistakes in the past of signing rookies to be Max Verstappen's partner because they're just going to be they're going to be in the second driver like second driver thing. And I think Daniel Ricciardo is reaching that stage in his career where obviously he wants. To have a good career, like the to send to have a good farewell and have a good send off, but I also think he knows that he's not probably he's probably not going to win a world drivers championship at this point unless something radical happens. You know what I mean? And so I think if he was to go to Red Bull, he could play that like he knows Max so well. Like there is no doubting that he knows Max Verstappen probably better than Max Verstappen knows himself, and I think that's probably what Red Bull needs if they want to be stronger. Not that they're already not strong, but I think that will help them. Obviously, the grid is getting closer. They, The grid is getting a lot closer, and it's going to be an intense season. And I think with Daniel Ricciardo there, with Max Verstappen, I think it's going to be a good pairing. And I think it'll be, it'll be a strong one for sure. And I think they'll both be they'll both complement each other perfectly fine. And I think Liam Lawson will probably get that AlphaTauri seat. But those, that's my thoughts. It's not called AlphaTauri. I mean, sorry. Um, Visa, Cash Visa, Up, cash Pay ID, um, Venmo. What's the rest of them? Like, racing balls. Why don't... You know what? Here's the thing. Why don't you slap a sticker on the side of your car that says, I'm Red Bull's sister team? Because that's exactly what that is. Like, just slap a sticker on the... It's literally the same logo as well. Just literally get a sticker, say, I'm Red Bull's sister team. Slap it on the side of your car. She'll be right. Because I can't keep doing this with the long names. Anyways, continue, okay. sorry. Um, so last year, ninth was Stake F1 team. Yeah, another um, long, confusing name. Stake F1 team, Kick, Sauber. I, I don't like... Anyway, so Stake, um, I've written Reinvention. They've already started okay. their reinvention, but I see that for them. I see a reinvention. They already have really cool socials, but I see them putting themselves out there more. I don't know what that means for on track. I still think they're not going to be that amazing on track, but I just think for them as a team, this is going to be another year as kind of what Ferrari is going through at the moment of like reinvention, really figuring out how they want to move forward. Yeah. I think that that's 100% correct. I think, obviously, rebranding a team to any other team, like, say, like, you know, it's, 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 it's expensive, it's hard. And, obviously, Stake F1 team, Sauber, I'm just going to keep calling them Sauber because I'm not going to refer to them as Stake. Um, like, Sauber, in general, always goes through having to change. Obviously, they go through Sauber, they go through AlphaTauri, I mean, Alfa Romeo, and now they're going through Stake F1 team, and then, next, then in 2026, they're going to be Audi. So... You know what I mean? It's going to be this large continuation cycle of having to reinvent themselves. And I think they're honestly working towards 2026. I think they're setting, although obviously you're looking towards the next two seasons, 
they know that they're not going to be as strong as they will until they get their Audi powered engine, until they become Audi. And I think that's something that I'm very much looking forward to is seeing how the dynamics work. But I don't think we're going to see anything drastic from from Sauber. But you know, I'm you know what the one thing I am excited about Sauber's car livery. Oh my gosh, I love green. There, there is no secret that I love green. Green and pink are my green and pink are my favorite colors. So obviously, I have the pink Alpine. Alpine have been teasing a pink camo car, and I'm not really a fan of it because why would you do pink camo? But anyways. Um, Obviously, we have the Aston Martin. It's going to be British Racing Green. If it's not, I'm going to riot. But the stake car is 100% going to be neon green. There is going to be neon green on that car, and I am going to eat that up because that is going to be my peak. Like, this car livery has potential to be one of the best car liveries I have seen. Actually, to be fair, I genuinely think this year's car liveries might be some of the best car They'll liveries be we've seen. They'll they will be, be, they most definitely will be, because if you see a Mercedes, you've already seen McLaren's, Mercedes is te- teasing the silver Merc coming back, which was so, I'm excited about oh that. my God, I'm I mean, so we were excited. excited about the black Merc coming back, and now we're getting silver, oh, it's so excited. I'm just, I'm hyped, I'm excited, all the rest. Anyways, now for the last team, Haas. More doors broken. No, I'm kidding. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Because you see, Gunter, he didn't have people smashing his doors. But this new guy, we don't know. He might be okay with smashing his doors. Exactly. So I'm thinking Haas might actually have to go doorless. Anyway, no. What I've actually written for them is stronger. Okay. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think Haas, they've hit rock bottom. There is only one way to go, and that way is up. And I think the team principal has been very open about the fact that he does not think that they're going to move any higher in the constructors championship he thinks that they're probably going to be at the same spot purely because they don't have the funding something that annoys me a lot is the fact that formula one rejected andretti for their for formula one because obviously they didn't have an they, they, they thought they weren't going to be competitive enough but if you look at the money that andretti has compared to the money that haas has andretti arguably has probably more funding and probably will get more funding because they are such a well-known American team and having Cadillac as their engine supplier as well would bring in more money for Formula One. Whereas we're having teams like Haas who are genuinely struggling. Like, the, the reason that Gunter Steiner got fired because he wanted more funding for the team because the team is genuinely struggling. Like, like I, like I can't put it in any other way that the, the team is struggling. They don't have the funding. They don't have the money. It's only, like, a matter of time before Haas is gone from the F1 grid if they keep going at the rate that they're at, like, it's only a matter of time. So I think they're going to struggle with funding again. But like you said, stronger, I think, I think they're going to be stronger. I think they're going to have more consistent performances, whether that be more, more like bottom 10 performance, more bottom 10, like point scoring finishes, and at least maybe promote them to ninth in the Constructors' Championship. But yeah, that's my kind of, kind of thoughts on Haas at the moment. Cool. Well, that's that's number that's 10. That. That's so what's that. next on the list? Okay, so this we've briefly spoken about this throughout that, that segment, but drivers who we think will improve on their 2023 performance. Katie, you go first. I've written down... Here we go. I think that Charles Leclerc mm-hmm. will have a better season as he is more secure. Okay. He... Yeah, I understand what you mean. Backed him, he's like... I just feel like we're going to have a Charlotte Claire second in second in drivers this year. Okay, I I reckon that's a that's a fair assessment to make, and I think 
<laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I reckon that's a fair adjustment to make. I think obviously it's always hard not knowing what your future is going to be like, especially in Formula One. Formula One is changing all the time, and I think that's why McLaren rushed to sign Lando and Oscar. And obviously Red Bull with Max because they're more situated. They know that they don't have to be proving something, and they know that they they're secure where they are. The team puts full faith in them. They're not doubting them. One they're not doubting them all the time. And I think, I think yeah. Obviously having his contract re-signed. Obviously it's indefinite, but we we don't know how long his contract goes for. But we probably think it's a large amount of time. So yeah, a I good think, fifteen years probably. Yeah, most probably. And I think. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think Charlotte Leclerc will most definitely improve on his 2023 performance. My driver that I think is going to be Logan Sargent. I've already talked about this before. I think having a second year in F1 works wonders for you. It'll it'll make you, like, once again, more secure, more situated. You know you know the go of race weekends now. Obviously, you, like, obviously they've been doing race weekends since they were in junior series, but they've never been doing race weekends to the scale that F1 is, especially F1 now, it, it, it's hard to get used to that and get tuning out the outside noise and coming to terms with the car and when the car doesn't do what you want to, communicating with the team, knowing the team. Like, obviously, that's extremely hard and extremely difficult to learn in one year, 24 races. But I think that, that entire year, Logan Sargent is so, like, grateful, probably, to have that entire year now under his belt. Same with Oscar Piastri. But Oscar Piastri, actually, well, Oscar Piastri is the king of rookie season, so I, he couldn't, like, he, that's a completely different story. But I think Logan Sargent is most definitely, we're going to see a lot more point-scoring performances from Logan Sargent, and I'm hyped and I'm here to see it. I'm... I wasn't a Logan Sargent fan at the start, I must admit, but I think now I've become a Logan Sargent apologist, so we'll take that. Um, our bold prediction for the 2024 Formula One season. Katie, take it away. My bold prediction is that Williams will be the top of the middle pack. Okay, that's a fair middle, That's actually a fair like prediction. Consistency be- is key. Consistency is key, 100%. And I think, like we said... The drivers for Williams are probably are looking at very consistent seasons. I think Alex Albon, obviously, he's my goat. He's he's gonna have a consistent season no matter what. And I think Alex Albon, uh, uh, sorry, Logan Sargent is going to have another consistent season. I just think Williams might be the best of the rest, like you said, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that. I, I I want Williams to be returned to their former glory. Like something I genuinely think about all the time is the way that Williams used to be like one of the best teams in Formula One, and then now they're like exiled to the back of the grid so i'm i'm excited for williams comeback um i'm here for it my bold prediction is it's really bold but i also don't i'm not gonna say that one so my other bold prediction is that the championship battle is insanely close like we're talking 2021 levels close like we're talking about it comes down to the final rounds there's like constructors championship, drivers champion, and I'm not talking about just like the world, like the WDC. Like we're not talking about them. We're talking about every single place is up for contention in the last round. Like if you don't score points, if you DNF, you drop like three places. Like that's how close yeah. I think that this. Com- that's how close I think this grid is going to be, and I think 
I, I don't know. Like, I just genuinely think it's going to be that close. And I think it stems from the fact that we saw at the last year, at the end of last year, people challenging Max for pole. Obviously, when Max is starting on pole, realistically anywhere, he or realistically anywhere at the front of the grid, he's going to go and do what he needs to do and just finish the job, right? Like, he knows what he needs to do. He's done it so many times in his career. He The only way Max Verstappen knows, he knows how to win, and that's all. So he's only going to be able to win. But I think we saw him be challenged a lot more for poles for like sprint race victories for for sprint races and i think that's exciting to see i'm 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 excited to see the closer championship this year and hopefully we get a different world drivers championship champion this year because i will be hyped and excited for that silly season prediction um after today's news my silly season prediction is there's going to be a lot of movement within those top teams your Red Bulls, your Mac- uh, maybe not your McLarens, obviously, but your Red Bulls, your McLarens, your Mercedes, your Ferraris. Um, yeah. Some some of those kind of highly sought-after seats, having yep. a lot more move. I mean, a lot of the movement in F1 is often, you know, rookies coming in, whereas I think there's going to be a lot of, of driver shifts, like drivers going from one team to another. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of that. What's yours? Um, yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. I think mine... It once again revolves around the news that happened today and it's Kimi Antonelli has an amazing season on Formula 2 and gets the Merck seat on a condition like it's like a like a like a Logan Sargent kind of situation it's a conditional offer conditional seat for Mr. Antonelli okay who's your world driver's champion prediction should we say our prediction on three okay three Two, one, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Oh, sorry, I said too late. I was going to say Max Verstappen too. Yep. Yeah, we said Beautiful. it at the same time, essentially. But yeah, I think, look, as much as I think there will be another World Drivers Champion, champion this year, I think it would be very, very, very dumb of me to predict that Max Verstappen is not going to be the ch- champion at the end of this season. Um, I hope there is another champion, but you can never know these days, and I think Max Verstappen is too strong. And with that, who is going to be the Constructors' Champion? Should we say it on three? Yep. Three, two, one. Red Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> Why did you hesitate? Because I was waiting for it to come through that you said it. But yeah, Red Aww. Bull Red Bull Max take it for another year in a row. I just think they're too dominant. And I think we're going to see a closer battle. And I hope it's another team, but I don't think it will be. But those are our F1 predictions, obviously. It's been a bit of a longer episode than we would have anticipated, but we'd like to ramble a lot. So, Katie, it is now time for the moment that everyone has been waiting for. Take us, take it away with the drive of your life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the drive of your life question. You do a lot of driving in your life. Some of that does a little more driving than the average person are the F1 drivers. Drive of, and drive of your life, I ask everybody that's on the podcast so just Tiana and I a question about an important drive in your life today's drive of your life question is which f1 driver past or present would you trust to take you on a jet ski ride oh oh that's 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 hard that's just I'm going to go with Lando Norris purely because as soon as you said jet ski ride all I could think about is that one Instagram photo that he posted where he was like on a jet ski um it was a Red Bull one and yeah, I think he would. I, I also think of that one video when like Louisa like launched their relationship and they were like on a jet ski. So I think I'd be in safe hands there. So Lando Norris is my answer. Wow, that was the quickest I've ever come to terms with an answer as well. Okay, well, I the truth is these are usually surprises to Tiana unless we have guests on that I have to cheat them with her. Um, but um, 
I always have some time to think about them, which is why I always have quick answers. My answer is Liam Lawson because he he loves a jet ski. He's he, anybody who's watched his YouTube videos. Do you know Liam Lawson? What do you mean? Oh, I so say his YouTube videos. Oh, okay. He, um, he's always talking about how much he loves um, being home and being able to go jet ski. And she lives in New Zealand as well, so it's essentially a win-win situation for everyone wow. involved. We could go in New Zealand. That would be we crazy. <laughs> yeah, you could. That's that's what I'm saying. Anyways, thank you all for joining us in this very, very special episode of From the Field to the Track. I hope you agree with our predictions. If you don't, please don't hate on us. But let us know your predictions in the comments below, obviously. please. Uh, let us know your predictions in the comments below. And especially with everything that's happening with Lewis Hamilton, let us know your thoughts. And we love you. And stay safe during this winter slash summer break, wherever you are in the world. Um, we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Love you.